take a trek through the word of God as we always do. Amen. Let's open up in a word of prayer. Lord, we bless your name today. We thank you once again for giving us an opportunity to open up your word. Lord, we pray uh, that you will be the silent listener to all that we do and say here today. Uh, Lord, we don't want to move away from your word. Lord, your word uh, is what this study is all about. So, Lord, we pray that you will continue to be with us and lead us and guide us into your truth. Amen. Have your way. Bless us. Draw those who need to hear these words to this place on the World Wide Web. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, alrighty then. We are going to, as we said, continue in our series entitled Just More of Him. And today we're going to be talking about the good things. And by good things, we mean some of the things that we can expect when we are hungry after him. There are there are some uh, grand uh, residual effects or things that we should expect uh, when we hunger and thirst after him. Amen. So we... Uh, we want to get into that today. I want to bring you to one scripture in particular. We're going to get into several. God bless you, Landry. And we're going to we're going to read several scriptures here today. But I want to start with this one scripture. It's a very obscure verse. Uh, it comes from the book of Luke, Luke chapter number one, and we're going to be read, be reading verse number fifty three. Luke chapter one, starting in verse number fifty three. Amen. And here. Here, these are the words of none other than uh, Mary, amen, uh, the earthly mother uh, of Jesus. And, and she had some things to say uh, when she realized that she was chosen uh, to uh, be the mother uh, of the Savior, Jesus Christ, amen, on this earth. And she sang a song, and these words are written down. Traditionally, they're known as the Magnificat, uh, but they're simply, it's the prayer uh, that she prayed, the song that she sang uh, once uh, it was revealed to her, uh, God's will for her. And we read from one verse, verse number 53. says, He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent away empty. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent away or empty away. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Like I said, we're going to be reading several different scriptures here. But right here, uh, right here is the crux, the foundation of what we're going to be talking about here for a few minutes today. The fact that, the fact that it says here in, in verse number 53 that God, he, he, he sent away those who were rich. Those who were rich, he, he sent them away empty. Now, who are those who are rich? Those who are rich, he's speaking of those uh, who who believe that they have all that they need. Uh, he's speaking of those who believe that they don't need anything from above. They don't need Jesus. They can, they can live their life uh, based upon uh, their own rules and their own ways. Uh, that's what he's talking about. These are the ones who are rich. Jesus, is, Jesus himself uh, spoke uh, during his earthly ministry. He said he's come... Uh, to seek and save the lost. Uh, he did not come for those who were not sick. He came for those who were sick. But if you are not sick, he did not come for you. Now, we're all sick, amen? But once again, those who believe that their lifestyle, their way of living is good enough for them, then obviously, if you don't see the need for him, then you're not going to reach out to him. 
Amen. And so that's what it means here. It says that he sent away those who were rich, rich in their own eyes, rich in their own conceits, full of pride. Those get sent away. But on the other hand, on the flip side, he has filled the hungry with good things. Who are the hungry? The hungry are those who are poor in spirit. You spoke about the poor in spirit. Blessed are those, uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall uh, uh, see heaven. That is the poor in spirit. Those who realize their need. And on a daily basis, uh, the longer you live this Christian life, you realize that you need him more and more. Amen. And when you get to a point in your life where it's Jesus and just Jesus, you are at a good place. Amen. When all you want is Jesus and all you want is just more of Jesus. Amen. Uh, he he satisfies. And we talked about this the first week that we uh, spoke on this subject. The fact that Christ satisfies our every longing and that there seems to be uh, some contradiction. How can Christ satisfy us yet we always want more? Because we want more of who he is. We just want more of who he is. There's no contradiction at all. The fact that he satisfies us. You see, if we go out into the world, if any child of God ventures out into the world, moves away from God's chosen path, and begins to dabble in the things of the world, no matter what they may be, if you begin to try and fill your life with the things of the world, you will end up empty. You will end up miserable. All the world has to offer is counterfeits. Counterfeit joy, counterfeit peace, counterfeit security. The world says everything is going to be all right. But if you don't have Christ, if you're not living for Christ, everything is not going to be all right. And that goes doubly true for the child of God who steps away from the Lord to dabble in the world. This is something that is not going to work. And you will, the child of God who ventures in that way, the child of God who drifts away, who allows himself or herself to drift away, will feel the effects. You will, you will most definitely feel the effects of not being close with God. God bless you, my sister Sarah. Now, you will, uh, you will, you will definitely notice the effects of not uh, joining yourself with the Lord as you should. You you will definitely have those effects. But notice what he says here in verse number 53. He has filled the hungry with good things. Good things. Let me go let me go to another scripture verse that talks about uh, good things. Let me go to let me go to Psalm 103. Psalm 103 verse number 5. It says who satisfies thy mouth with good things so that they thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Once again, talking about the good things. Amen. Psalm 84. In Psalm 84, uh, it says in verse number two, how my soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. He says, my heart and my flesh cries out for the living God. That's the place where you and I want to be. That. That's where you need to be. You need to be hungry after God. You see, as we said earlier, 
The world, all the world has to offer, all the world has to offer is, are things that will not benefit the life of the child of God. Not at all. Listen, if you've lived this Christian life any amount of time, and let me be transparent, I, I, I've done it. I, I've tried it in my past Christian life. I've tried it. Trying to live for the Lord, but also live for the world. How, how, do, you, how do you do that? How do you how do you balance that? How do you live for the Lord but live for the world at the same time? It's a, it's a it's a balancing act uh that will that will have a disastrous a disastrous effect on your spiritual life. You cannot do it. We've talked about straddling the fence here many times. You can't walk the fence. You can't balance the beam. You can't you can't live for the Lord and live for the world at the same time. You can't be what the what the Lord wants you to be and be what the world wants you to be all at the same time. It just will not work. Amen. And you will eventually give in to that which pulls you more. You will eventually give in. You cannot serve God and mammon. Amen. You just cannot do it. In Psalm 107, Psalm 107, uh, starting in verse uh, number nine, Psalm 107, starting in verse number nine, here's what it says. For he satisfies the longing soul. He satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry with goodness. Once again, talking about the goodness. Here's what he says in, in verse number 10, though. Such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron. That's talking about what happens when you remove, when you remove Christ from your life. There is a darkness. There is an affliction. Uh, there is a bondage that takes place. Once again, when you move yourself away from the things of God, because, verse 11, because they rebelled against the words of God and condemned the, the counsel of the Most High. I can do it myself. When you and I attempt to live this life on our own, by ourselves, I can do it by myself. I don't need no help. When you try to live your life like that, disaster is headed your way. Disaster. I'm not saying something bad, really bad is going to happen in your life. I'm just talking about spiritually speaking, disaster is coming your way. You cannot live your life without the help of God in your life. You cannot do it. I know you can try to do it, and, and I can try to do it, but it's not something that is advisable. You need the Lord. He, he alone satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. I wrote this story in my book, and I, and I, I think now is a good time uh, that I can relay this, this particular story. Uh, once again, I've, I've spoken it many times. Uh, I'll, I'll say it here one more time. It, it was Christmas Eve. It was Christmas Eve, and, and I was at my job, and I was uh, excited about that it was Christmas Eve, ready to leave work, had to go pick up a few more things for the kids. This is when the kids were real small, and and I was ready to go. And then the last minute, here's this rush of work coming in. Who is bringing in work for me to do uh, on Christmas Eve, and it's 
after five o'clock. What are you doing? Go home. No, 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 no. Here's some work. This has to be done. And I had to get the work done. And I'm rushing through it. I finally finish the work. I get out there and it, it starts raining. It's a cold, hard rain. It's wintertime. It's December 24th. It's a cold, damp rain. It's miserable outside. And I'm walking and it's gotten late now because all that time spent at the job. And I'm trying to find these stores open before they close to get the things that I had promised the kids. And every time I walk into a store, walk to a store, they're closed. They're closed. They're closed. This is before beepers. This is before cell phones. I get on the phone. I'm miserable. I'm wet. I, I go into buy an umbrella. I, no, everything is closed. I only have an umbrella. And I'm wet. I'm cold. I'm frustrated. And I get in the phone booth. And I put that quarter in. And I called up my wife and I said, I had to stay late at work and I tell the situation and I'm walking out here and I, nothing's open and I, I, I can't get the th some of the things that I said I was going to get. And the voice on the other end of the phone, my wife, and I can still hear her voice right now. And she said, Michael, just come home. Just come home. And when I heard those words, it it, it 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 just it just calmed me, it soothed me, got on the train, came home, kids were there, kids were happy, I was happy, everybody was happy, and we had a good Christmas. Amen. We need to come home. We need to come home. All of the things, all all the lights, all how many times that I can remember leaving my job years I'm talking about years ago now. How many times I can remember leaving my job after work on a Friday, money in my pockets, <laughs> and, and, and walking up and down, looking in the store, knowing I really can't spend some of this money here because, you know, we, we got we got bills, you know. But I'm looking in the store windows and the brightness and the lights, and it's Friday night and people are all over the place, and, and I'm just walking, looking, in. I'm window shopping at night. I'm window shopping at night alone, walking, just looking at things in the window that I wish that I could buy. And how many times, I cannot tell you how many times that I did that over the years. And I hear this still, small voice telling me, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I stop and I look. And I look, I worked I work in the heart of Manhattan, all the lights and the glitz and the Times Square and all, and it's and, and I'm like, what, what am I doing? What am I doing? And I go home, go home. More of the world is going to be less of him. The more you try to take in of the world, the more you try to take in, the more miserable that you are going to be as a Christian. He wants to give us good things. As we as we hunger and thirst after him, he's going to give us good things. Good things. Now, what are the good things? These good things are not material things. I'm not talking about material things. He's not going to give us he's not going to give us material things. That might be part of the blessing. But I'm not talking about material things that he's going to give us because we hunger after him. Number 1. 
we're going to have a more intense passion for his word. A more intense passion for his word. What do we need almost more than anything else? We need to know what the word says. There is so much false teaching, false doctrine, false teachers and all, all over the place. One of the things that has that is a is a, a, a red X mark against the body of Christ is the fact that the body of Christ is biblically illiterate. Biblically illiterate. Understand what I mean? I don't mean you can't read. I mean that we don't read enough. We don't read the Bible enough and to understand what it's saying. Biblical illiteracy leads to false teaching. Biblical illiteracy allows false teachers to flourish. When God's people don't know what God's word says, a false teacher will come along and say, this is what it says, when it's not what it says, but because you don't know what it says, you will say, that sounds good. And that's that's not good. That's not good. We need to know. And so the more hungry and thirsty we become after him, we will become more intensely passionate for his word, to study it, to read it for ourselves. That's what's important, to, to read it for ourselves, amen? And that's so very important. The second thing that's going to happen, uh, let me first let me read first, uh, first Peter chapter 2, first Peter chapter 2 and verse uh, number 2. Uh, it says, as newborn babes, talking about the Christian, as newborn babes desire the sincere or pure milk of the word that he may grow thereby. You see, you need to grow. That's how we grow, by longing after the word. A baby, when a baby is born, the baby instinctively, instinctively is drawn to the mother's breast so that they can be fed. It's instinctful. Instinctful. We, by instinct, we should be drawn to the word of God. It, it should come natural. I'm his child. This is his word. I want to know what he's talking about. And it should be something that comes natural, but it always doesn't. It doesn't always come natural because we bring our bad habits with us into our life in Christ many times. If you don't like to read, <clears throat> then just because you're a Christian doesn't mean all automatically, I like to read now. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. That could be the case, but not necessarily. You see, we need to train ourselves and discipline ourselves uh, to, to read the word. To make time, not take time, to make time to read the word of God. Because it has something to say to you, to me. It speaks. The word, scripture says, the word is quick. That means alive. This word is alive. This this, this is just, the Bible is not just a bunch of uh, words on paper. It's God's word. This is not from an author uh, somewhere. This is not from a John Steinbeck or or some other author, famous author. This is this is God's word. God has written these words for us to know to take in. This word lives. Amen. Secondly, secondly, when we're talking about the good things that we receive when we hunger and thirst after Him, uh, we will receive a greater revelation of His word. Once we become passionate for His word. We're going to begin to read this word, and we're going to begin to see things that we never saw uh, before. Uh, Jeremiah uh, chapter 33, 
uh, in verse uh, number three, it says, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. The more we uh, read his word, the more we read, he is going to begin to reveal his word. I'm not talking about he's going to, he's necessarily going to reveal something that he's never told anybody else. I'm talking about you're going to begin to see things that have been there, but you just never picked up because you have never allowed the Lord to reveal the word to you. How, how many of us can uh, recite scripture? How many of us know script, certain scriptures by heart? Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's John 3.16. Most people, many Christian people, I can't say most, but many Christian people know that verse. Many Christian people were taught that verse in Sunday school. It's like, it's like Sunday school 101. You know John 3.16. But what does it mean? And we know what it means up here. But when that verse begins to take shape and when the Lord reveals to you all of the things that that verse means, it, it, it takes on a whole new meaning. The, the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. What does it mean? Oh, Jesus cried. He, he, he was sad. He, he, but it's, it's deeper than that, though. See, it's deeper than that. And, and when you read Scripture... When you, when you read scripture, we're trained to read and just read on the surface. We read the words. But when you read scripture, we pray before we read and we ask the Lord to open it up. Lord, open this word up. Show me, reveal to me what it's talking about. You don't want to just read words. You don't, you don't, you don't want to do, you don't want to just read words because that's boring just to read words. You want to read and Lord, show me, tell me, reveal to me. That's why we have devotions. That's why we have Bible studies. So we so we can uh, uh, open up the word of God and allow the word uh, to be illuminated uh, in our hearts and in our lives. And that's so very important. So once again, hungering and thirsting after him is going to bring uh, not only a passion for his word, but it's going to bring a greater revelation of his word as you begin to read it. The plain will not be so plain anymore. Amen. Sometimes you're going to read the word and the word is just going to literally, almost literally jump out at you. Wow. I never saw that before. And you've read this verse many times. You've read it over. You've heard it. You've heard other people, uh, people preach on it. But when you hear it this time, something happens. That's the Lord revealing his word to you in a new and fresh way. That's what the Lord will do when you begin to hunger and thirst after him. Amen? Third thing, once you begin to be, uh, once you are hungering and thirsting after him, you will have a heightened, a heightened sensitivity to his spirit and his presence. A heightened sensitivity to his spirit and his presence. Now, all of us are very aware that the Lord is everywhere. He's with us. We always say, the Lord is with you. God be with you, my brother. God be with you, my brother and sister. 
I will never leave you nor forsake you. We will, we're aware of what scripture says concerning his presence. But when we begin to hunger and thirst after him, after righteousness, we become more, let's, let me use that word intensely again. We, we become more intensely aware of his presence. And then when we become more intensely aware of his presence, it's going to affect the way we talk. It's going to affect the way we think. It's going to affect the way we respond to other people. It's going to affect everything when we are uh, aware that he's there. His spirit is there. Not only is his spirit there, his spirit is here. His spirit is in us. Amen. And it will make, it will make, let me use the word sin here. It will make sin that much more difficult. If I can use that word concerning sin, it will make sin more difficult to accomplish because you are excruciatingly aware that he's present. Jesus is here. He's watching. He's listening. He's not watching. Listen, he's not watching and listening from heaven with a lightning bolt waiting to strike you down when you do something wrong. That's a that's a that's a bad, that's a wrong and bad concept of God. That he's just waiting in the wings, waiting to crush you when you do something wrong, waiting to stomp on you the minute that you do. No, that no, no. That's not God. That's not who God is. Amen. God is gracious. God is kind. God will judge sin. But once again, the child of God, when you know that you have sinned, and once again, when you're hungry and thirsting after the Lord, you're going to be more aware of sin. Okay? You're going to be more aware of sin. And that means that when you sin, you are not going to let there be space in between the time you sin and the time that you ask the Lord for forgiveness. Sunday morning is not ask God for forgiveness day. You ask God for forgiveness. I'm not saying you cannot ask God for forgiveness on Sunday. Of course you can. But you don't wait until Sunday to get your life right with God. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. When do you get your life right? Right now. When do you pray and ask the Lord to forgive you, to cleanse you, to wash you, to purge you? When do you do that? Right now. No, no, no. Right now is the right time. Not not tomorrow, not when you feel better. If you need to get your life right with God, if you need to get something cleared up between you and God, now is that time. Now, what are you, it's no, what are you waiting for? There's nothing to wait on. Now, Lord, here, here, I, here I am, here, here am I. Lord, I bring, this, I bring myself to you right now. And... We have some things to talk over. <laughs> now is the time. You, you, you cannot wait. It's not something that you put off. You, once again, you don't wait until Sunday morning or wait until prayer meeting time to get your heart right with God right now. Because once again, once you become aware of sin in your life, once you become aware that he is present, his spirit is, is with you at all times, now is the time. Anytime is the right time to get your life right with the Lord. So we become more intensely aware uh, of his presence uh, when uh, we begin to hunger and thirst after righteousness. Second Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 17. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. 
Where his spirit is, there is freedom. Freedom. And where his spirit is, is where you are. You are where his spirit is. Once again, we have a more intense desire to be in his presence. And a more intense desire to realize that he is present. Amen. Let me give you uh, number four. We got five things here. Let me give you number four. We're talking about uh, hungering and thirsting uh, after him. And, and what will be the effect of hungering and thirsting after him? There will be a desire to do and to accomplish his will. A desire to do and accomplish his will. Why do I stress his will? Because doing God's will is not inviting the Lord to help you to accomplish what you want to get done. That's not doing God's will. That may, that may be God's will if what you are doing is God's will. But too many times, too many times we say, this is what I'm going to do. This is, this, this, this is what I'm going to do right here. And, and Lord, help me. Help me to get this done. Make sure that the Lord has told you to do that before you say, Lord, help me to do that. Amen? So that's very important. And hungering and thirsting after righteousness is you will have an increased desire, an increased desire to do uh, and accomplish his will. Not my will, but Thy will be done. Not my will. Once again, and that's very important to remember. Not my will. Let me go to uh, Isaiah uh, chapter number, Isaiah chapter number six uh, and verse number eight. Isaiah chapter uh, number six and verse number eight. Here's what it says. This is Isaiah speaking. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, this is Isaiah. Then I said, here am I, send me. Immediately, immediately have, after having uh, gotten a vision of the Lord, immediately after having been made aware of his own sinfulness. He said, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. He just finished saying that immediately after God puts the spotlight, uh, the flashlight on his own life and, and reveals his own sinfulness immediately, immediately he's cleansed because he recognizes his sin and he, and he surrenders his sin. And the Lord says, I cleanse you now. And immediately upon that, the Lord says, now I need somebody to go for me. I need somebody to go. And what's the immediate response after having been in the presence of God? Isaiah says, here am I. Send me. Here am I. Ooh, 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 I'll go. I'll go. Me. That was, that was his first response. Once he's cleansed, once he's made aware of his sin, let me put it in right order. Once he's made aware of his sin and once he's cleansed, and he surrenders to the will of God, not his own will. He says, Lord, I'm your man. Send me. I'll go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. And the more you hunger and the more you thirst after him and 
his will. Rather, the more you hunger and thirst after him, you will desire to do his will and not your own. His will and not your own. Even Jesus, even Jesus in the garden said, not my will, but thine be done. Not my will. Even Jesus said, if there is another way, let, let's do that. If there's another way, if there's another way that I could die for these people's sins, if there's another way that they, they could be cleansed, if there's another way that they can avoid hell, if there's another way, nevertheless, and then Jesus said, nevertheless, that's not what it is. Not my will, but yours be done. And that's how we have to look at it. Not my will. Not what I want to do. But Lord, what you want me to do. And that's so important. And the more, the more we become, the more we hunger and thirst after him, it's going to be more about him. That leads, that leads me to uh, the final point here. When we hunger and thirst after him, it's going to be more of him and less of me. More of him and less of me. John chapter 3, verse number 30. John the Baptist. It was John the Baptist who said, He must increase. I must decrease. And that's talking about humility versus pride. Okay? He must increase. Lord, you be lifted up. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. We cannot, we cannot hope to lift ourselves up so people can be drawn to us. No, that's not how it goes. We lift him up. We lift Jesus higher as the old song goes. Lift Jesus higher. Lift Jesus higher. Lift him up for the world to see. He said, if I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. He must increase. I must decrease. Get low. We need, we need to get low. We need to, we need to humble ourselves. When we humble ourselves in his sight, scripture says that he will lift us up in due time. The lifting up is his business, but our business is to stay low. Our business is to get low. Our business is to be humble. More of him, less of of me. Amen. That's how it has to be. And once again, if we are going, if we as God's people are going to hunger and thirst after righteousness, these are the things that we can expect. A more intense passion for his word, a greater revelation of his word, a heightened sensitivity to his spirit and his presence, a desire to do and accomplish his will and right along with that, more of him and less of me. That's what we can expect when we hunger and thirst after righteousness. Where are you today? Where are you in this whole thing of hungering and thirsting? Are you hungry after him? We need to stay hungry. We spoke about staying hungry last time we got together. We need to stay hungry. We need to stay on our knees. Listen, the world, the world says come. The world is enticing. The world says, come on, I got this for you. The world says, come on, I, I, I want to show you this. I want to give you this. I, I, I want to make this out of you. The, the, world, the world has a lot of stuff. And, and the world uh, makes it look good, makes it sound good. But the world cannot deliver. 
the world cannot deliver. All the world delivers is counterfeit. It's all counterfeit. We talked about it. Peace, joy, security. It's all counterfeit. It's not real. It doesn't last. And it only causes misery to those who are taken in by what the world has to offer. The child of God can't be worrying about such things. Amen. We need to make sure that we don't end up like the prodigal son. You know the story of the prodigal son, how he found himself eating pig's food, eating food made for pigs. And he was there. And he says, what am I doing here? The Bible says that he came to himself. He came to his senses and he saw him. He, he was there in this mud eating the pig's food and said, I'm here and I'm starving. And over there at my father's house, there's food for everyone. And I'm here eating from, he says, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go to my father. I'm going to tell my father that I'm not worthy to be your son. And that's what he did. He got up and he went to his father. We need to get up and go home. We talked about that earlier. We need to get up, go home to the father. Stop dabbling, stop messing around in the world. Come home to Jesus. Let him satisfy because only he can do it. Amen. Lord, we bless your name today. We thank you once again for your word. Lord, what would we do without you? Where would we be without you? Lord, we thank you that you have given us hunger after you. Hunger is a gift, amen. And the more hungry we become and the more we receive, the more we want. Yes, we want more of you, more of you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we cannot ever get enough of you. We will never be fully satisfied. We cannot say, okay, I've had enough of the Lord. Now I, I can get up and go about my way. No, no, Lord, just give us more of you. This is what we desire. This is what we want. And Lord, we know the, the, the natural effects of what's going to happen as we continue to hunger and thirst after you. We've talked about it today. Lord, I pray that you will fill us with these things, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray that these things become second nature to us as we continue to hunger and thirst after you. Lord, we bless you. Lord, I pray for all those who will uh, be watching this right now, who are watching right now, and those who will watch later. Lord, I pray that you will bless them, Lord, with your peace, with your security, your joy. Lord, I pray that you will give them what is real, Lord Jesus, as they continue to hunger and thirst after you. Lord, have your way. Draw us closer to you. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. Amen. God is still on the throne. God is always on the throne. Amen. And we just bless the Lord and we thank him for who he is and what he has done. Amen. God is so good. Amen. We want to invite you. We want to invite you as we do always. We want to invite you to join us uh, this week. Sunday is the first day of the week. So the week has begun. Uh, we invite you to join us for the remainder of this week. Uh, tomorrow night here for the Line by Line podcast. And we will be uh, in uh, the book of uh, Matthew, uh, chapter number 19. Matthew, chapter number 19. Uh, so join us if you can uh, as we continue going through the Bible one verse at a time. Amen. That's at 7 o'clock p.m. tomorrow night. Hope you can join us. Amen. Tuesday night. Tuesday night. The Bible Speaks Live on the Bible Speaks Live podcast. Uh, rather, that's it. On the Bible Speaks Live podcast. Uh, our topic 
is I shall yet praise him. I shall yet praise him. God bless you, Marie. God bless you. I shall yet praise him. And we'll be asking the question and answering the question, how can depression be defeated biblically? We're going to give you the biblical answer to depression. Amen. Uh, and the way we word it this way, because we know uh, that the world uh, will tell us many different ways that we can go about uh, defeating depression. Uh, but we want to look at depression biblically. And we're going to show you how to uh, defeat and demolish uh, and destroy uh, depression biblically. And let me tell you, it works. Amen? It works. So that's coming up on Monday, uh, Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. Amen? Wednesday night. Wednesday night uh, on the Cutting It Right uh, Bible study, the first principle of the Christian life. Uh, we're going to continue talking about confession and repentance. We had lesson one uh, on last Wednesday night, and we're going to continue uh, talking about confession and repentance. Amen. Uh, two very important and vital subjects uh, for the Christian. Amen. So we need to know what these two components are all about in the Christian life. Amen. So once again, join us at 8 o'clock on Wednesday night, if you can. Amen. You can listen to all of our podcasts. Uh, you can listen to all of our podcasts uh, on Spreaker.com. You can also go to our website, which is that's the word, uh, dot org, And you can also go to our website, which is, uh, you can, rather, you can go to our YouTube channel, which is That's the Word Ministries, and hopefully you can become a subscriber to our channel. Amen? Amen. Well, we have come to the end of our time here today. Uh, hope your day has gone well so far. Hope that we can we've added a, a little bit uh, more good things uh, to your day. Uh, we pray that you will take some of these things that we said and take them with you, uh, because they're scriptural. Amen. And, amen. We need to make sure uh, that we are hungering and thirsting after Him. Amen. So we just bless the Lord and we thank Him for all He is and for all that He is doing. Amen. So I'm Pastor Michael Jakes. Thank you for joining us, and we will be back live tomorrow night, 7 o'clock p.m., the Cutting It Right Bible Study, Matthew chapter number 19. Hope you can join us. We'll see you then. Have a great rest of the day. God bless you. Tax season's here, folks, and you know...
Hi there. Whoa, where'd you come from? April here to tell you about the tax filing software from TaxAct. Uh, seriously, were you like hiding behind my desk? Seriously, TaxAct makes it easy to get your maximum refund. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Switch to TaxAct today and you can start for free. Or as we say at Radioland. Subtle. TaxAct. TaxAct. File for less and get more. See TaxAct.com for details.